he says, if we open Congress and we give money to Israel, then I want to give a lot of money to Ukraine. One last uh, bit of money. I don't know how much will go into the holdings of congressmen, but obviously this is the last chance uh, for them to get a, a lot of money from the, uh, uh, the circular flow. Uh, you might think that's corrupt, uh, but the Americans say, no, no, it's not corrupt if it's part of the marketplace. Republicans uh, have said that they are not going to elect a new speaker uh, until they can get a speaker that refuses to give any more money to uh, uh, President Biden for the Ukraine war. Uh, the uh, Republican position, and now apparently half of the party, uh, has agreed that uh, the budget deficit in the United States has grown so large that uh, you can't afford to have a war in Ukraine and, at the same time, rebuild American economy. Uh, President Biden has said the American economy is not as important as the war in Ukraine. The war in Ukraine is a fight for civilization, uh, and uh, that is uh, where all of our uh, effort is going. And uh, uh, there was a standoff, and there was a general belief that if the uh, Biden administration did not agree to stop uh, the war in Ukraine, then the uh, Republicans simply would not agree to a budget increase. The United States uh, uh, runs a, a budget deficit almost always. That's how uh, governments pump money into the economy by running budget deficits. And if a government did not run a budget deficit, then uh, the economy would have to rely on commercial banks at high interest rates uh, to provide credit. The only time that occurred in recent history was in the uh, Bill Clinton administration, when uh, he uh, ran a budget surplus, and uh, essentially that uh, really slowed uh, the economy down. Well, uh, the Republicans are now holding uh, the government hostage. Under the American Constitution, the president is not allowed to go to war without congressional approval. Congress has never approved of the war. All of this is a presidential takeover from Congress over uh, the right to go to war. Well, all of a sudden, all of this was thrown into uh, uh, <laughs> chaos by the uh, war, in, uh, Israel's war against Hamas and uh, uh, Hamas's response uh, over the weekend. It's, uh, it's a counterattack on Israel. Well, all of a sudden, the Biden administration says, well, wait a minute, we now want to give more money to Israel. It has to complete the job of clearing away the Palestinian districts. It has to get rid of the Gaza population. It has to reconquer the West Bank, essentially uh, follow the Netanyahu plan of uh, basically what the Ukrainians are doing, uh, ethnic uh, warfare. Israel's foreign minister said that uh, the Palestinians are animals. They're not humans. They're just like the Russian speakers are to the Ukrainians, and uh, they have to be wiped out. The Biden administration wants to provide the money for uh, the, to support uh, the uh, Israeli attack there. Now, and th this all of a sudden affects the budget 
of most of the politicians. Uh, in the United States, uh, politicians depend on campaign contributors in order to get uh, the money that they need, not only to buy television and uh, uh, media support for themselves, not only to support their staff, but also to pay the party to buy the membership on the key economic committees. Uh, the most notorious example of this, of course, is the military-industrial complex. Raytheon and the other arms makers give uh, very substantial contributions to the senators and to the representatives that are on the armed forces committees, the military committees, the budget committees, and the general committees. So uh, essentially, the politicians receive the campaign contributions, uh, which are given to politicians who support the uh, more spending uh, on arms. Uh, and you could say the same thing for supporters of Wall Street, uh, supporters of the real estate interests, uh, right down the line, it's, it's the lobbyists who are responsible for uh, determining what politicians get elected in the first place, and when the politicians are elected, how much they can pay the party head, especially in the Democratic Party, to buy the chairmanship of a, a military committee or war committee or a, a foreign affairs committee. Well, uh, not only domestic uh, contributors give money, but also foreign contributors. And the largest foreign contributor for many decades has been Israel. Uh, uh, not directly, but through APAC, the American-Israel uh, political action uh, committee. So uh, I've been told by many American congressmen that uh, they say take a very pro-Israeli policy and they receive money from APAC for their own contribution. So it's as if the politicians depend on their lobbying income from Israel to determine American foreign policy. It's a circular flow. Congress will uh, give money, uh, say, to Israel, and the uh, uh, Israeli uh, uh, committees will uh, recycle this money uh, to the campaign here. Uh, the Clintons were making, uh, uh, generalizing this basic uh, idea. They didn't have a campaign com uh, committee because uh, they, uh, th they weren't in Congress. So Hillary Clinton uh, set up the Clinton Foundation. She'd go to foreign governments and they'd say, here's the policy we want. Uh, she'd say, well, contribute to our foundation. They'd contribute to the foundation. And then she would come out uh, with a uh, policy favoring them. This model became the basis for uh, the Ukrainian war funding. Again, President Biden uh, didn't have a campaign fund, uh, so he had to work with his son uh, in setting up uh, uh, the uh, network of uh, international uh, organization banks and bank accounts where uh, uh, the uh, US Congress would give money to Ukraine and then Ukraine would recycle this money back to the U.S. Uh, politicians, and especially in to, uh, to President Biden. So in effect, you have the president of the United States acting as a lobbyist for uh, Ukraine uh, and also uh, for Israel and for uh, any other country that uh, contributes enough uh, to their, uh, their campaign. Uh, this is called privatization. Uh, the, uh, the American uh, economists believe that everything should be brought uh, commodified and make part of the market. 
And so the Americans have made domestic economic policy, government spending, uh, and international policy part of the marketplace. And uh, when you think of it in terms of uh, you know who gets what, this is how you explain all of the money that's uh, given to uh, foreign countries. Well, uh, it's obvious from uh, the Republican stance that uh, the gravy train of uh, giving money to Ukraine and having it recycled into the congressional account uh, uh, is not going to work, that Ukraine's lost the war. There's not going to be much more money for Ukraine. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, you have uh, the Israel situation uh, complicating things. Uh, if the uh, Republicans don't elect a, uh, a Speaker of the House and you need somebody to play a ceremonial role, of the speaker just to uh, hit the gavel and officially open it. Uh, if they don't do that, then there's not going to be any government spending on the foreign countries that are recycled into congressional campaign contributions. And obviously the congressmen all want to get paid by the uh, lobbyists, by the countries or the industries uh, that they're representing. A former President uh, Trump uh, wanted a Republican, uh, he had a candidate that he wanted to uh, uh, be the Speaker of the House, who said, we're absolutely, if I'm Speaker, we're absolutely not going to give money to Ukraine. But then over the weekend, after the fighting in Israel, he said, well, we do want to give money to Israel. Uh, and if you look at the contributions by uh, APAC and other uh, pro-Israel uh, agencies to uh, Amer American Congress, uh, campaigns, and you're going to see that uh, this is uh, this is a big source of livelihood for the congressman. It's hard for people in other countries to realize the extent to which politics has been privatized and commodified in the United States. So the question in the United States now is, do they really need to open Congress again uh, to give money to Israel? And President Biden says he has, or no, $100 billion, I think, that he wants to give to Ukraine. He says, if we open Congress and we give money to Israel, then I want to give a lot of money to Ukraine. One last uh, bit of money, and uh, I don't know how much of this $100 uh, billion is going to be recycled into uh, President Biden's personal uh, savings account and uh, his son's savings account and uh, his uh, family's uh, uh, offshore uh, holdings. And I don't know how much will go into the holdings of congressmen, but obviously this is the last chance uh, for them to get a, a lot of money from the, uh, uh, the circular flow. Uh, you might think that's corrupt, uh, but the Americans say, no, no, it's not corrupt if it's part of the marketplace. It's only corrupt if uh, 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 we don't know uh, about the money coming in. But if it's all part of the marketplace, then it's okay for politicians to uh, base American policy on uh, uh, what they get paid to do. That's how markets operate. Uh, this does not appear in most textbooks for supply and demand, but if you look at uh, the uh, policy making as supply and demand, that uh, helps uh, determine things.
大家好，我是温铁军。我们准备了一个很重要的系列课程，统称为叫做“南方世界观”。希望大家适当的集中点精力，能够跟我们一起把这个五讲二十四节的课上下来。